Hello and welcome to the Zurich Live podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I'm joined today by our Head of Investment Solutions at Zurich, Ian Slattery. This investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Today we are going to speak about market events over the month of February 2023, how this has affected different asset classes and what this might mean for you as an investor. We will also talk about Zurich Investments outlook in the short term and our recent positioning in relation to the Zurich funds. This month, we will also look at inflation, what it is and what it means for your finances. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Jacqueline. Equities fell slightly in February. Can you talk us through the key economic data that was released over the month of February and the effect this information has had on markets and on the different asset classes within the market? Sure. So February saw equities give back some of their gains after a strong January, uh, with the US in particular suffering in the face of, of higher interest rates. Uh, with, in early February, we saw a wave of higher interest rate announcements from central banks, including the Federal Reserve in the US, the European Central Bank here in the Eurozone and the Bank of England, uh, all instituted rate rises. At the start of the month, central banks were starting to think a little bit more positively about uh, inflation prospects as if they were not going to be as high. However, economic data releases throughout February soon uh, tempered some of those expectations. So, for example, we did see uh, an increase or an expansion of economic activity throughout the month of February. Although Europe continued to outperform the US on a relative basis within equity markets, uh, it does still remain exposed to a hawkish ECB. Whilst the, the non-event of natural gas rationing was a positive for European economies as milder weather alleviated shortages throughout the winter. However, stubborn inflation does mean that a recession risk remains an area of interest within the Eurozone. In relation to the US, the major uh, focus of February was the jobs report, which indicated that the labour market remains tighter than originally hoped. And whilst this is a positive for the US economy, for investors, it did indicate that monetary policy may remain tight for the moment. Low unemployment proves to be a sticky point for the Federal Reserve as the tight labour market fuels wage growth, uh, which is a large input into inflation. The positive performance of the services sector was also represented in the inflationary issue of the US Services Purchaser Manager Index, which is a, a, a strong leading indicator, uh, which stepped into expansionary territory for the first time in over six months. Keeping our focus on equities for now, what were the best and worst performing markets and sectors over the month of February? So global equities were down slightly, just uh, 0.1% in euro terms for the month of February. And as I mentioned already, that was after a very strong January. And therefore, year to date, the returns are still positive, about 5.1%. And again, as mentioned, with core inflation remaining a problem or an area of concern for the Federal Reserve, investor sentiment did fall throughout the month of February. If you look at on a sector basis within US stocks, the best performing sectors were consumer discretionary and technology. And much of this came actually on the back of announced layoffs and cost cutting measures from the tech sector that whilst is obviously unfortunate for those involved, was viewed favorably from investors. Euro investors within the US stock market, which again, we always remember that the US stock market is by far the largest globally, did benefit from a strengthening dollar. So whilst US stocks returned just short of 2.5% negative in dollar terms, it was almost flat within Euro terms based on the exchange rate movements. Closer to home, Eurozone equities overall uh, continued a positive performance in February and was the only one of the main markets not to post negative returns. Whilst Hong Kong saw uh, suffered um, over the month as US-Chinese relations worsened. Sentiment approved towards the end of February, uh, however, markets did remain down for the month overall.
February began with another rate hike from the Federal Reserve. Interest rate expectations have had a significant effect on the bond market recently, and February 2023 has been no different. Can you talk to us about how bonds have performed over the month? Yeah, so as as mentioned there by yourself, Jacqueline, the Federal Reserve did uh, initiate another 0.25 or 25 uh, basis point hike in February, which was smaller than the previous increments of 50 basis points that we'd seen before Christmas. Uh, in relation to bond markets, the yield on the benchmark 10-year US government bond rose 0.41% in February, uh, a significant move given the recent moder- moderation seen in sovereign bond yields. Um, as mentioned already, the, the rise in yields occurred due to higher interest rate expectations, and as we know, uh, rising yields means falling prices, um, as investors were confronted with those strong PMI and payroll numbers. Um, In relation to to future interest rate hikes, there is still an expectation that we will see both the Federal Reserve and the ECB raise rates throughout the month of March and April, respectively. Overall, the higher yields resulted in a negative month for much of the fixed income markets, with the the barometer or benchmark five-year-plus euro government bond index returning a negative 3.3% for the month of February. How have commodities and currencies performed through the month of February? And what are your thoughts on holding commodities as part of a diversified portfolio within the environment that you just described? So yes, commodities can play an important part of diversification within portfolios, and we do invest in the commodity or alternative sector across our AAA and Prisma fund ranges. Uh, Speaking a little bit more, I suppose, in the shorter term, a broad basket of commodities did show negative performance in the month of February with the Bloomberg Commodity Index returning just about 2.5% negatively in euro terms. A year-to-date copper, which is often used as a barometer of global economic health, performed better, returning 8.1% in euro terms. Whilst the re- reopening of Chinese China's economy post the, the zero COVID policy is seen by many as a major factor beyond this performance. Uh, energy prices continue to fall in February, uh, being a large contributor to the lower headline figures of inflation that we saw globally. Uh, whilst in currency markets, the US dollar strengthened against a basket of peers in February on the back of the higher interest rate prospects in the US. In terms of the key rates for us here in Ireland and the Eurozone, at the end of February, one euro bought you one US dollar and six cents. Have Zurich Investments made any significant changes to their asset allocation positions on a geographical and sector basis? So our our current position is one of a bias towards equities versus other asset classes. And throughout the month of February, we did add to our equity exposure For example, increasing the equity content in the active asset allocation fund from about 48% up to 52%. So for anyone who's familiar with the fund, you you might remind you that the equity content can run from 15 to 65. So that's above the midpoint of 40%. Uh, Within equity sectors, valuations do remain attractive. Um, So after a strong start to 2023, uh, we have seen many of last year's most effective sectors be the winners. So, for example, consumer discretionary and technology have led to 2023 recovery, although they did have a poor 2022. Uh, Within fixed income allocations, we have increased the duration of our government bond funds. So our government bond funds and allocations to government bonds uh, invest in Eurozone sovereign debt, and we have increased the duration from an underweight position to a more neutral position throughout 2022 and in 2023. Uh, In relation to our alternatives, which again, as we mentioned earlier, you can invest in through the AAA and the Prisma fund ranges, we are fairly neutral uh, across that. Uh, we do still maintain a Euro-US dollar currency hedge, which has aided performance so far this year.
Many investors aim to increase their long-term purchasing power in the likes of their pension. Inflation puts this goal at risk because investment returns must first keep up with the rate of inflation in order to increase real returns. Also, when it comes to investing, changes in the inflation rate can have a different impact on various asset classes. Firstly, can you give us a basic definition of inflation? Um, to, to put it, I suppose, in, in summary, inflation measures how much more expensive a set of goods or services have become over a certain period of time. So, for example, here in Ireland, that's measured by the Central Statistics Office or the CSO using something called the Consumer Price Index or CPI. And I'm sure many of you have, have heard those acronyms without perhaps realising what they are under the surface. So what happens is the, the CSO create a basket of goods. So, for example, how much your rent is, how much you might be spending on the weekly shop, the cost of running your car, etc. Uh, and they, they, they calculate the, the general rate of inflation uh, based on that basket of goods. So technically, depending on your own spending habits, everybody does have their own individual rate of inflation, just as different countries do as well. Most commonly, people refer to inflation on an annual basis. So they would say prices have risen or fallen by 1% or 2% or whatever it might be over a period of one year. But in general, inflation measures how much more expensive a set of goods and services has become over a certain period of time. Within the definition of inflation, we hear a lot about core inflation and headline inflation. Can you explain the difference between both of these elements? Yeah, so if we start with headline inflation, that's a, a wider measure of inflation. And that includes, in that basket of goods, that includes things like commodities. So, for example, the price of petrol, heating your home, and also uh, foodstuffs. So this is different from core inflation, which excludes the food and energy prices when calculating inflation. The reason for this is food and energy are not included in the core inflation because they tend to be more volatile. Uh, so headline inflation is more likely to jump around month on month than the underlying core inflation figure, which strips out the more volatile elements of inflation. Can you explain why it's important to strip out the volatile sectors of food and energy? So we're all aware of how much the price of our heating bills or our petrol can jump around on a, on a daily or a weekly or monthly uh, uh, basis. So if you're thinking about policymakers, so both government and central bankers, they're looking to make decisions. They would look more closely at the core figure, which strips out those more volatile pieces. Therefore, it is arguably more important or more structural to look at the core figure versus the headline figure, because that's what governments and central banks are going to base their decisions on. So these policy decisions from governments and central banks can have long lasting impacts and they want to make sure that they use the core figure versus the headline rate. However, it is always important to note while policymakers might look at the core figure, we ourselves day to day are just as affected by what's in the headline figure. What advice would you have for investors who are concerned with how inflation might affect their investments? I think it's right to be thinking about inflation uh, at the moment as an investor. So inflation at times can be very low or even negative, or it can be very high depending on where we are in the economic cycle. It's always important to consider inflation with your financial advisor as part of your discussions. If you think about the relationship between inflation and investments, you want to do your best to ensure that your investment return is at least beating inflation. So for example, if you invest in cash and say you make 1% per annum for the next five years, that might sound okay for a low risk investor. However, if inflation averages 3% over the next five years, every year for the next five years, you will have actually lost money in real terms and have reduced purchasing power. What I mean by that is if your money in five years time, in the example I just used, won't buy you the same amount of things as it does today. This represents a negative real return, even though you might have more euro in your pocket. 
it is really, really important that investors consider this and talk to their financial advisor about it. That brings us to the end of this podcast episode. Thank you, Ian, for joining me today. Thank you also to our listeners. We hope you found this investment update insightful. As always, for more information on our fund range and to catch up on our latest investment news, visit Zurich.ie. Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.